to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 320 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? I'm sorry, but I don't. I cannot remember a night where we had both events where the co-main and the main event delivered on the level that they did last night. Just absolute fucking destruction across the board. Yeah, it was an explosive night of of fights. Obviously, Tank Davis versus Mario Barrios, Lomachenko versus Nakatani, uh, Yanabek Alim Kanulili. <laughs> Yanabek, a slim cannoli versus Rob Brandt. And uh, we got Joshua Usyk. We got some Gennady Golovkin rumors. And Nonito Donaire taking the high road like the Filipino Flash tends to do. <laughs> his, his wife didn't take the high road on Sean Gibbons, Ken, but but that's another story. Um, so Nonito Donaire versus Jean Real Casimero as Nomas. Uh, it's a full show. Episode 320 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. We appreciate all of you subscribers through patreon spread the word patreon.com backslash boxing rant follow us on twitter at vince cummings 81 at kenny keith jr all right vin let's get right down to this thing post fight gervonta davis versus mario barrios for the wba regular junior welterweight title from atlanta georgia i'll tell you this man people get in these arguments about about you know pay-per-view buys and pay-per-view clout and this that and the other All that aside, because at the end of the day, none of that matters to our personal bottom lines. What does matter to me most about being a boxing fan is an atmosphere. And what a fucking atmosphere for Tank Barrios last night. The crowd was live. The fight was live. That's all I need. Fill an arena. Give me good fucking talented fighters operating at high levels. I'm good to go. Yeah. (laughs) I'm good to go. And uh, this fight was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Even though even though Davis, you know, being selective is just fucking epic. I mean, it's an explosion. It's like a it's like when you bust a nut when you're 16, the shit flies everywhere. When you're fucking 46, it just, you know, little drips come out. <laughs> you know? But in those moments when, uh, you know, when Tank lets it go um, and when he selects those opportunities to take advantage of, man, he is a high-flying act, man. I mean, I, I he is so exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those fights where I, as you're watching it, I think I, I was scoring it as it was going, and I want to say after six rounds, I had it three rounds apiece, and it was very tight early. Uh, I don't know what Steve Farhood was watching as far as having it, like, five to one Barrios after six rounds or whatever he had. That seems a bit ridiculous to me, but it was, it it was a close fight. It was a competitive fight, but, but it was also, as you were watching, you knew who was in control of the fight. Like who the fight was going tanks way. You could see him slowly, the, the power and the speed and the timing get better and better as the rounds went on and the, and the, the punches starting to take more effect to Barrios as you got to the middle fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. And you just knew it was coming. I I, I thought it was going to happen in the eighth. I thought for sure uh, after he dropped him the second time with that left and he kind of went falling back into the ropes, 
like, hi, that's this got to be yeah, he's, he's going to finish him. Luckily, Barrios survived, and I'll give Barrios credit, right? Because I, you know, in the lead up to this fight, I said that Barrios, his style is tailor made for for Tank Davis, and to an extent, it is. You know, <clears throat> the biggest problem I think Barrios had last night was he just didn't have the power. It wasn't for lack of skill. It wasn't for lack of anything else. It was just, I don't know, and maybe that was the game plan was to just touch him up and hope that we don't get caught, get to the 12th round, and maybe we can win a decision, which is risky business. And if that's your game plan as a camp and as a whole, you, you got to, like, that. that's what you're coming in with. It kind of reminded me of, like, what Kovalev did against Canelo, where it's like he never unfurled any big shots. He never really let it go. He just kind of played pitter-patter and and hope to survive and i that's not a game plan that i for one i really respect when a fighter does that it's to me it's like you're 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 playing with fire there and 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 against a guy like tank davis who just proved last night i mean i would say watching that can i got a very canelo-esque feel in his attack in the way that he went about business very judicial in his punch output. I mean, not wasting punches. And when he throws a punch, it's got everything. It's fucking fastballs all day long. And, and it's just, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, okay, so what? He doesn't throw a lot of punches. I don't really care if you don't throw a lot of punches. If when you do, you are doing the damage and you have that explosive power that Tank has, it's, it's just, he's... I, I said it this morning. He's quickly becoming one of my top three, four, five favorite fighters to watch go to work in the sport. I mean, he's just—he's a special talent, and I know people want to jump to that pound for pound conversation. I know it because you see it, you watch it, and you're like, "Man, this is fucking. This is something special." But he's still, in my eyes, still has some work to do to 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 breach that barrier to get onto that list. He just needs a couple bigger name opponents and maybe really just one bigger name opponent and have a type of performance like he had last night. And you ain't going to keep him off any pound for pound list. But just for now, I would say ease up on that for a second. The talent's there. He'll get there. But he hasn't truly proven it against a world-class fighter yet. No, and that's the, that's the entire holdup for me personally is that I – I'm just at the point now as a boxing fan where I am, it's becoming more and more difficult. It should be the other way around as I get older, but it's becoming more and more difficult to not allow the forced narratives and, you know, the, the, the forced storylines and this sort of alternate universe that he's operating in, uh, that tank is operating in. Like there's, there's too much of it. It's not like a little tiny like campfire fucking smoke flume coming up in the air, you know? Where it's like ah, they're just camping. <laughs> <laughs> they're just grilling s'mores. Yeah, just right? making some s'mores. <laughs> That's easy to just walk right by, right? But when you walk by and you can feel the fucking heat coming from the forest, <sighs> you know, it's it's hard not to ignore. And for me, I just can't I, I can't separate it anymore. So. I'm watching everything through jaded glasses when I watch him. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, they had they had backup talking points, little tiny, like they had minutia. They were fucking extracting 
fucking DNA strands with the fucking evidence that they had to support their false narrative. Nine out of nine out of ten fights at 140 pounds, won by knockout by Barrios. Can you believe that? I mean, dude, I'm sitting here watching Barrios last night, and I'm like, this is exactly now I've got my finger on exactly why Barrios was chosen for this fight. Not because his style's perfect, not because, you know, he's got a glass jaw, not because he can't fight. Has nothing to do with any of that. All of that stuff they need for the illusion, right? It's he has zero power. None. None. Nine out of ten opponents at 140 pounds, Vince? Good luck recognizing a single fucking name of those ten fighters leading up to this tank fight. I have too much of a problem when I look at tank thinking to myself, There's too much smoke and mirrors. I can't get past it. I see him, and I see this just electric style because it was very clear Mario Barrios was game, and he was skilled enough to compete with Tank. He was big enough. He used almost all of his advantages to his advantage, right? Except it looked like he was pushing little arm punches all night long, just like... Wow, look at that. This this is why he was selected. I, I can't get past it. Tank is not a pound for pound level fighter. He's got pound for he's got pound for pound level excitement to him. It putting him on a pound for pound list, it would be no different at this point in t- Tank's career. I'm not talking about four years from now. Things could be different. He gets some some big name notches on his belt and things could change completely. But putting him on a pound-for-pound list today is no different than having Adrian Broner rank number five on Ring Magazine's pound-for-pound list. Smoke and mirrors. That doesn't mean I loved going into a good good fucking, uh, you know, funny house with the fucking mirrors that make you look funny and shit. You know what I mean? I enjoy that. You know? Escapism. I loved watching that last night. The crowd, the event, the, the just, like you said, economical, thudding, precise power. I love all of it, but can we stop with the pound for pound stuff until the kids achieve something, yeah. please? I, it, it, and it, it's people getting carried away with what they're watching. They're seeing something, like you said, that they're that's highly entertaining in the world of boxing. That they know when they're watching it, they're like, "Oh wow, this guy makes me feel like I'm watching something special." So that must mean uh, he has to be on that list, right? Because this is the same way I feel when I watch. Canelo Alvarez, when I watch Nia in a way, when I watch everybody on the pound for pound list and that's fine, but you got to be able to like take that and separate it from what, what the reality is outside of that, which is you're right. The, the kid still needs a big fight. He still needs a big name. You know, all of the regular belts. I don't even care about the belts. Like it's just the thing. I don't care Wear as many regular fucking belts as you want. Any real boxing fan is smart enough to know and 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 discern for themselves that it's not that these aren't you cannot sit here and call him a real champion when a complete unified champion of a weight class exists that was just crowned a month ago. You know, it's just one of those things where I think it's boxing fans and and a lot of times it's you know in this sport there's a desperation come Saturday night to be entertained by boxing fans because a lot yeah. of times you don't get it. So when somebody delivers like Tank does and it's that explosive and you can see it with your own eyes and you're like, wow, 
unbelievable. You can't help it, but you'd got to have perspective, man. Like it is what it is. I look, I, I think the kid has pound for pound talent. Like if you want to do an I top 10, I test list, he'd probably make my list, but yeah. he just doesn't have the substance behind it to be able like, who are you knocking off? Who's he stepping in front of on the list? Cause all of those guys have achieved greatness against other great fighters sans Terrence Crawford. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, it's kind of a ridiculous conversation, but outside of that, you know, as far as the development of tank goes, I think he, he's not getting a, a, maybe as much credit as he deserves for having the boxing IQ that he has. I think he's a really smart fighter. Uh, and, 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 Right now in the sport, there's a couple guys that have timing like he has. Canelo's one of them. You know, all these guys that are these vicious counter punchers. He's, dude, his counter punching is fucking elite and his accuracy is elite. His speed is elite. We just need to see it done against somebody else who possesses something elite. Because Mario Barrios was not that. He was never that. He's a solid fighter who can operate in the top 10 at 140 pounds but when he fights against a top five guy he's going to struggle i told everybody that uh, the akhmedov fight was all you needed to see kind of the same style fighter tank is but not as highly skilled and he had his way with barrios he just happened to not punch as hard as tank does so he wasn't able to stop him okay tank was able to stop him because he hits hard enough that's why they chose him for people to not understand that, like it's, it, they watched that fight and they went, Oh, we, yeah, this, our version, uh, a, a tank is a better version than Akhmedov. So yeah, of course we win that fight all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I want to just sit back and be completely just, you know, blind, deaf and dumb about it. I really do. I'd rather sit back Plenty of people, plenty like, of people will be for you. So don't worry. <laughs> it's just, I, you know, I sit there and I watch like, you know, Floyd in the corner, just completely teabagging fucking tanks trainer. You know, I, just, I didn't, I didn't like that. Did you just hear him when he came over in the 10th and said, Hey, you're yeah. down, you're down on the unofficial scorecards. Like, okay, what are you doing, man? Get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and most people's reactions are like, Oh wow! Look at how much Mayweather cares, and it's like, does he? Because no. to me, I mean, yeah, he okay, okay, he cares, but he should also care enough to know that you don't butt into somebody's fucking corner in the middle of a round. It's not like Tank has a bad corner; he's got a good trainer. They've been together forever. Clearly, they work well together. What are you doing, dude? Get out of there! Fucking guy can't even grow a fucking beard. It might be all those fucking steroids he took during his career. Why he can't grow facial hair anymore? Would that would that have anything to do with it? Is that a side effect of it, or is it excessive facial hair? Or maybe he was taking the wrong juice. Oh, did I just say that out loud? I know that I know that Mister T Chains was looking serious, son. He needed two seven foot, three hundred and sixty pound bodyguards to hold him up, right? But he <laughs> flossing. You know, it's just in that moment. I mean, Floyd has to. He has to inject himself in that. That'll be the downfall of Tank. It will. The downfall of his career, it won't be smacking women in public. You know, it won't be the, you know, the lifestyle he came from. You know, it's not going to be any of that. It's going to be the arrogance of Floyd Mayweather as Tank Davis's handler. Because what could end up happening 
in what I foresee happening with Tank's career, he'll have all the glory and the accolades in this alternate universe. But because they kept him in this kid glove alternate universe where he's knocking out highlight reels and they're just making money off of him at some point. Oh, I guess in the regular world, maybe they don't enforce the fights. I mean, Fred Okendo is still a fucking a mandatory. He's been retired since 2014. Right. So, but you know, my point being is, is that I, I don't think this is good for tanks career. I, what, what I visualize, this is just reminiscent to me of Deontay Wilder. The difference is, is that, it's clear that Tank Davis possesses the skills. That's not my concern. It's not his skills. What happens when you get in with somebody for the first time that is so far beyond the level that you have been fighting against through your meteoric rise? What happens? You know, we see it too many times. You want to keep him on this fucking kid baby plan so you can sit there and pander to a specific audience and you can put on this mirage and everything else. Me, I'm here for one thing, the kid's talent. I'm just telling you, I see it. I see it, Vin. I'm seeing a Deontay Wilder moment coming for this kid with a flashy record. I know it's probably hard to like, you know, to sift through this sort of vibe or energy that I'm getting from this, but I just, at some point in time, reality is gonna is gonna catch up to him. And I know they don't care. They're all gonna become rich in the process. His team, him, everything else. But I don't know. I want to be the biggest fan of this guy in the world. Hometown, you know, hometown guy. All the talent and abilities. The kind of fighter that I like to see in the ring. As far as like like you said, dude, those punches, man. He puts everything behind them when the time is right. I mean, it's 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 a pleasure to watch. But I want to see it against real competition i want to see it against real competition not once a year not maybe twice a year fast forward to the floyd plan i don't think any of this thing is doing any good for Gervonta davis's career what they're going to end up doing is they're going to dr drive a wedge between diehard boxing fans and the people that are tanks audience the ones that are going to come to his fights buy the tickets the ones that are going to buy the pay-per-views as long as all of that checks out and it's all in the black at the end of the day they're going to be in good shape, man, and they're going to keep the narrative up. I mean, Leonard Ellerby even had the balls in an Ellie Secback epic 2020-esque interview, right? <laughs> had the balls to sit there and try to say, what's Josh Taylor bring to the table? What, what's he bring to the table? Like, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. Oh, here we go. Clout, money, things. I get it. I get it. I see what you're going. I see where you're going there. Right? Unfortunately, he is the undisputed champion at 140 pounds. Fight him. Fight him, Tank. Come on, Leonard. Oh, he don't bring nothing. Well, guess what Tank does? So Josh doesn't have to bring anything, right? Super duper fucking uh, spectacular, ultra bold fucking A-side. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I have been brought to this episode of the Boxing Rant Podcast to make sure that Vince's fanboying of Tank does not fucking pollute any of your brains. That's what I'm here for. Today. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, 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 you the, look. The you sad, look. the sad part is, is, uh, is I, I'm a hundred percent with you as far as all of that goes. Like I, I, I am a hundred percent with you. Floyd Mayweather coming out after the fight and saying, you know, we're gonna keep everything in house. That's how we do things here. We're not we're not worried about what's going on 
anywhere else. We're going to operate inside our world. You know, that's they're, they're telling you what they're going to do. This is what it is. And, you know, it's just a matter of, okay, at what point do you look at this and go, all right, well, I can either be a part because because what's happening now is tank is crossing over and we I, I, you saw it last night with the amount of celebrities and other sports stars you saw who were tweeting about the fight and everybody's getting all excited about it all NFL players NBA players everybody he's crossed over into that level now so once they they as a team know they've done that they don't need us anymore they don't need the diehard boxing fan. Because he's going to have his fanboys no matter what that are diehard boxing fans that'll back him, period. They'll always be there. But once you snag that casual audience and you're pulling from that pool that's way bigger than the existing pool that, that gets pulled from in this sport, well, you don't have to. They don't, they don't, they, they're just, it's going to be status quo. I mean, there's no reason for them as a team to not at this point. It's going to get, I think it's going to get fr- more frustrating before it ever gets any better for some boxing fans. I'm just going to try, here's what I'm going to try to do as a boxing fan is recognize this like I recognize any other bullshit that we see inside this sport and just go, you know what? I don't give a fuck about what anybody is saying about anything leading to this fight, about this fighter, his opponent, whatever. When the bell rings, I'm going to be there to watch them fight. And I know that I'm just watching somebody that's special, but he's not doing it against the guys I know he needs to do it against to prove he's one of the best in boxing. He's he's becoming a star in some other form, in some other world that exists in boxing, but goes after other people, not me. That's what it is. That's how I see it at this point. And, you know, it's it's not easy to swallow as a boxing fan. It's, I mean, it, it is what it is, you know. I like the kid as a talent, but all of that other surrounding stuff, I see it. I'm not stupid. I know it. I'm just not going to let it fucking get to me because this is how I, this is how they're going to operate. Nobody's going to change it, not you, not me, not any, you know, pundits of anybody or any criticism. They're going to do what they're going to do. It's Floyd fucking Mayweather and Tank Davis and TMT Promotions. They've got it mapped out. And guess what? They they didn't stop in your city, pal. They went right fucking through it. <laughs> Tank Davis is nothing more to Floyd than an asset. That's it. He views him as a means to an end. He views him as a potential cash cow. Floyd Mayweather could give a flying fuck about Javante Davis. Javante Davis is all that collateral damage from his personal life. It's acceptable as long as the returns are positive, right? It's completely acceptable. But don't think for a fucking second that as soon as Tank Davis isn't turning a profit anymore, that Floyd won't fucking wipe his hands of him just like he did Adrian Broner. And I know Floyd wasn't his promoter, but Floyd will associate himself with anybody that gives him the kind of attention that he needs, period. And right now, he can vicariously receive that kind of attention through Tank. And me as a fan, I know I can't change it. I know I have no power in this situation. But as long as this show's going, I'll tell the story. If we're doing this show 20 years from now, 
We'll talk about Tank Davis, I'm sure. He'll come up. But I can tell you what his story will be. Potential unfulfilled. We will never know how good this kid really is, one way or the other, as long as he is operating in this bubble. Period. We'll never know. As long as, as, long as people hand over their money for something in return, it doesn't matter what it is. People will spend their money on what they want to spend their money on. You know, in my ideal world, if I were Tank's friend and his advisor or his coach or whatever, I'd be like, dude, you're the baddest motherfucker on the planet and we're going to go show everybody and we're going to wreck all that shop in the process. Ellerby did say yesterday or the day before, he said, we're not campaigning at 140. We're going back Hey, down. Leonard. Hey, Leonard. How Floyd dictates. <laughs> How'd that dictate? So here's what I want to here's like you're moving back down to 135. And obviously, I think that's where he belongs right now, anyways. That's where he should be. That's where there's a ton of big fights for him to have. Don't worry about chasing chasing Josh Taylor, all that other crap. I don't think that fight's even fucking realistic. That's just a mismatch to me, beyond belief at this point in time. But go back down to 135. There's this kid that everybody is, you know, wants to support and he's getting left out of the division and this, that, and the other. Devin Haney's looking for a fight. Devin Haney needs an opponent. Why don't you go back down to 135? Why don't you challenge Devin Haney for his belt? Nah, we ain't going to do that. See, nah. But this is what needs to happen. That That's really legitimately, that's all that needs to happen for a guy like you or somebody else that's questioning it to go, okay, fine. Now, now you're actually fighting who was considered to be, you know, one of the five best in whatever weight class you're operating in and not cherry picking or seemingly cherry picking a guy that you know you can beat, that there's no question going into the fight who's going to fucking win like there was but last that would night. be like but that would be like taking a mega million ticket a winning mega million ticket and rolling a spliff in it and just smoking it <laughs> it would but why would you do that it would and that's why they may they may may not fucking do that honestly you know I, I it was funny to me watching people that like the week of the fight leading up picking barrios and like trying to <laughs> i'm like <laughs> People are like I can't like half the people I've talked to are picking Barrios. It's like, what are you guys doing? Are you like talking yourselves into this being a competitive fight when it's really not? I mean, it just never was. Okay, it was a competitive? It was competitive for a few rounds, but it was never in question. Yeah, I just think it, for me, it's just frustration of potential unfulfilled. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, you you see what could, what has the possibility of being legendary in the sport. Yeah, but it, yeah. it's never you, it's may never come to fruition. No, no, you decided at, at one point it's like, well, I can sing and I could make this happen because of my image, right? But that person can sing better, so we'll let them sing the we'll let them sing the songs, and I'll just lip sync. I'll just get up there; nobody will ever know, you know. <laughs> but they'll never know that you can actually sing. That's my point. Yeah. Like, why are you, why are you doing that? Like you can do it. <laughs> I, I, honestly, Ellerby and Floyd are, you know, the main culprits in that it, more than you, you know, the tank Davis needing to be blamed. It's those two for holding him back seemingly. 
when everybody's getting rich, Vin, nobody gives a fuck. And that's exactly why. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead and move from Atlanta, Georgia. Let's head west to Las Vegas, Nevada on ESPN+. Vasily Lomachenko versus Yoshi Nakatani. Um, dude, a, a big get-back fight for Lomachenko. But again, you know, this is what happens when you when you pay attention to the sport on a weekly basis. Is it, you, you get ran down. You get mowed down by the redundancy of the narrative. You sent me a text early in the week. You got to watch this. You got to watch this bit on Lomachenko. You got to watch it, man, because it really like it opens your eyes to you get some context into the fight. But then it became over and over and over. And then Mark Kriegel saw the script and was like, no, no, no. Wait till you see what I do with this. Right. (laughs) And I felt like they kept showing a different version of the same exact bit, this 20, 30 minute bit. And it, it fucking to me, this is the issue with having all these interests that need to fucking fight all the time. It's like, if you just, at the sake, you just re-signed Tiafimo Lopez and you just drag him through that entire thing. You're just dragging him. You're not saying Tio couldn't beat Loma if Loma's healthy. No, you're just sitting there saying, well, Loma's the man. And Tio is only the undisputed lightweight champion right now because of this injury. And then by the end of it, right before the fight, I was super duper excited for the Nakatani fight. But as soon as the bell rings, I can't help but shed tears for Tio. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just all the fucking noise around it, man. It it literally sucks everything from a fight that I'm otherwise completely excited about because they can't shut the fuck up. Just just shut up. Like I, I think Tim Bradley's getting really good on the mic. I really do. And but I just think that sometimes it's like everybody's competing. Everybody's like, well, free, fucking Kriegel has slow motion voice what's your superpower <laughs> you know like, we're, we're just gonna step on each other's dicks trying to regurgitate this fucking this just this next stop it was obnoxious it got really really obnoxious i mean they they, they must have ran it that segment three four times you know they were, it was just but by the last time i was like Okay, this is actually, this is fucking, like, this is pathetic, right? You don't have to do this, okay? You don't have to, like, just just let us know what happened, okay? Fill us in on, you know, something that we may have missed. Uh, he really was injured. This is how badly injured he was. It compromised his performance. End of story. Not this, like, it's like they had to live up to what they could the matrix reloaded. Like, well, we got to reboot this thing. Let's, let's fucking let's fire up the systems. You know, there was all, the only reason he lost was there was a glitch in the matrix, Ken. And we fixed the glitch, like all of that. Like it just stop. You don't need to do that. Like all you got to do is let us know what happened. Vasily Lomachenko gets in the ring and does what he did, what he did last night, which was a pseudo vintage, performance all right it's it was one of those performances that that reminded you this guy still has enough in the tank to compete with these guys for another couple years he looked great he looked outstanding okay i did notice a couple like he may be starting to like just a little bit you're just starting to see the very beginnings of the deterioration of his 
reaction times and his foot and his uh, footwork just a little bit. But he was so far advanced to everybody else that that's only bringing him down just to a closer level with the competition he's in with that he still is better than them at all of those things, even even by losing a little bit. So it's only going to make for better fights because of that. But after watching last night, you know, I know everybody doesn't want to see this Tiafimo Lopez rematch. Uh, and there's, a, there's a lot of people that don't want to see it. I don't get it. Uh, after- I don't want to see fucking Tank versus Barrios, okay? <laughs> exactly. I don't want to see fucking Terrence Crawford versus Jose Zapata. It, oh, it, you want to – clearly the two best lightweights in the world, you don't want to see a rematch? Go fuck yourself. That That's that's my big issue is it's like anybody who brings that up to me, uh, that's, the, that's the question I'm going to ask you is – who are the two best lightweights in the world right now? And that is Tiafimo Lopez, and that is Vasily Lomachenko, and then the rest of the pack. No, Devin Haney is not in that conversation. He has not proven it. You, but he friends with Floyd. You can cap for Haney all you want, player. I don't care, all right? I, is Haney getting left out of the situation? Sure. Guess what? That happens all the time in boxing. He's not the only fighter that's getting left out of... Terrence Crawford's been out of the welterweight conversation for fucking five years. Are you still crying about that today? You know, like, give me a fucking break. It is what it is. This is how the sport works. You know, if you're a fan of the guy, I get it. You're going to fucking whine for him. But let's be honest. He is not on that level. He has not proven to be on that level. So the two best are going to fight again. I will ask... What's your fucking problem with the fight? Like, are you scared Lomachenko is going to win or something? What? Wait, you, you can't. Oh, he was defeated. I knew he was a hype job. If we get a chance and comes back and beats Tiafima Lopez, not to go. You know, I have to eat my words on everything I've been talking, all the shit. I've been, like, what is it? What is the problem? What is the problem? Because it cannot be that you always want the best to fight the best. Well, there you are. Oh, oh. Not this one though, because yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't, I don't need to see this one, Ken. But Wilder Fury three, I'm gonna have to see that one. I've got two knockouts, completely dominated, didn't win a round. I'm gonna make sure I get to see that rematch. But this one, no, 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 not this one. No, 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 man. Who wants to see the close fights run back? You know, <laughs> like if they make, I'm just gonna tell you right now, if they fucking make. Chocolatito Estrada three. This podcast is over. I'm done. I'm done with the sport. If they fucking make that fight, do you do you people realize that you sacrifice your intelligence at the sake of being a contrarian? You know, like th- don't just say the opposite. So you you know what I mean. Like sometimes it's okay to agree on things. The number one problem with Vasily Lomachenko for some boxing fans. I'm just, dude, cut through, rip all the bullshit, all their layers of fucking fluff and take the Magnum condoms off. Just strip it all the way. Those who try to fundamentally discredit the achievements and the skill, the, the, the natural eye test skill level of Vasily Lomachenko want him to fail for the simple fact that right now it is a very popular thing to see people of Caucasian skin tone tints recessive genes if you will succeed like they do not want the fact that in a glamour division full of urban talents 
from all over the United States that some fucking white foreigner is here bringing his white privilege, snatching up what belongs to all of these American kids. I mean, I mean, for uh, they were born in America. Isn't that privilege enough? <laughs> how dare, how dare they trump my American privilege with this Ukrainian white privilege? They hate it, despise it. Seeing Lomachenko succeed, I have heard in the lead up to this fight, people that I respect their opinion on life and matters so profoundly that I can't even listen to them talk anymore because they are unable to keep a straight, fucking coherent mind when talking about a white man succeeding. It's this Jalen Rose, Kevin Love making, making the, the uh, Team USA. Making the it's not the dream team, folks. Okay, Jordan ain't coming back. Okay, so stop fucking calling it that. But it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. They hate it. The bottom line is, you know, the only person that I could argue that's a better athlete than Lomachenko at 135 pounds is the Puerto Rican guy. It ain't the brother. It ain't the other brother. It ain't the urban skills. It it's none of that. None of that. What I see is a white boy that threatens the strongest platform that African-American athletes have in this country, and that's sports. You know what I mean? Like, that's the ultimate fucking, that's the ultimate mollywop. Like, this is our fucking place. This is our turf. This is where we dominate. How dare you be successful? And how dare you do it in the way that we do things? Hmm. That's truth, but it hey, hurts, you know? Hey, he's. I'll, I'll say this. Right now, I'm not sure there's a more polarizing fighter in the sport. I, I honestly believe that. that, that I, if he were slow and, and plotting, then would, would he be as polarizing? No. No, he would not. Uh, the skills is a major, major part of that. And there's one thing I do know that when it comes to Vasily Lomachenko, he's most likely going to try to acquire the toughest opponents, the toughest tests that he can get at the age of 33. Beginnings, at the very beginnings of deterioration of his athletic abilities and of his all the everything that he possesses that makes him great, he's still going to go after it. So again, I ask, what's the problem? The problem is this. Larry Bird was, was, was to a large degree and still to this day accepted for his greatness he was accepted about by everybody right there's some people like ah white boy he could never be as good but do you know why people that larry bird was accepted is because yeah is he one of the 10 greatest nba players of all time yeah but you know why he's so revered is because he did it like a white boy he stayed in his lane then he did it like a white boy's supposed to do it right white boys are supposed to shoot the three White boys are supposed to rebound. White boys are supposed to hustle. White boys are supposed to pass, right? <laughs> this is what white boys do. And they do it in an unathletic fashion, right? Like that's so he's accepted in that way because he didn't encroach on what somebody else does great. Billy Vasily Lomachenko throws every generalization, stereotype, any preconceived notion that you have about what a great athlete is, he takes it and he flips it on the on, on his head. 
And unfortunately, there's a large group of society that cannot reconcile this. <laughs> you are 100% correct, sir. All right, Yanabek Alim Kanuli. Alim Kanuli. A Slim Alim Khan Uli. So it's very easy to pronounce if you just break it down. Alim Kanuli. All I know is I want some motherfucking cannolis now. That's what, that's what I know. Well, all I know is I'm going to rename this guy Beck Bully because Yanabek <laughs> is easier to say. And Beck, the, the real Beck Bully, well, <laughs> he ain't no bully, is he? <laughs> uh, man, what a fucking fundamentally sound fighter. What an antithesis to the Floyd bubble plan for Tank, right? I'm not saying that this guy's as talented as Tank or will have a greater legacy or, or any of that. It's a mind frame. Will he make as much money? No. Will he take more damage? Probably. But what I saw last night against Rob Brandt, levels. Absolute levels. Rob Brandt, first off, did a huge disservice to himself. He could have done a much better job. <laughs> Don't you agree? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Rob Brandt's about at the end of the road as far as his career goes and you know where he's peaked at as a fighter. Uh, Cannoli is... Very, very, very impressive fighter, man. I mean, I, it, it's it's the distance control. It's all the fundamental things that you see that make fighters really good. He did he did them all, okay? And, you know, I, you just heard me da downplay Rob Brandt a little bit, but Rob Brandt's a solid professional fighter. For you to get to go in and do what Yannabek did and pretty much easily uh, control the fight, that's that's impressive stuff, man. And, and right now, there's not a lot to draw from, you know, as far as where you can place this kid and where, where he may end up. How good is he actually? But what what you do see is a, a very very strong fundamental base there that you build upon. That uh, I, I think this kid's going to be a a player for sure. Oh, there's no doubt at six foot tall, right? And he's a southpaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh... Dude, there's what is not to like about this guy? He is on the balls of his feet. He's on his toes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, he has great balance, like you said. His distance control is yeah. He's 28 years old, so he's got you know he's got a he's he's got some experience behind him. While it's not at the professional level, six foot southpaw. Fundamentally, his fundamentals are are so solid. I would even compare them to two future Hall of Famers. Sergey Kovalev and Gennady Golovkin. I know those are two easies, but what makes the two of them separate from their contemporaries from the same part of the world, the fundamentals, what they do, uh, it's fucking solid. Mm -hmm. Solid, solid, solid. And that's where I think that if this guy can improve fight after fight after fight, he'll reign over the middleweight division one day. You watch. Well, I, look, the middleweight division is a thin-ass division. I mean, there ain't much Wide there. Open. So yeah, it, it's it's there for the taking, and this kid definitely showed last night that uh, he's going to have a word uh, with whoever is holding belts in that division very soon. He will have something to say, no doubt. News and notes. Then Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk. I'm assuming that you obtained the information of a sept uh, September 25th date on the zone. Yes, from this past weekend's elephant walk at the uh, at the Garden. <laughs> Spectac did, uh, spectacular affair let me tell you spectacular affair so did eddie have did, did eddie have grip of your schlong or were you holding on to the member of her 
Actually, no, I was I was between um so who do I have? I was Macklin was behind me. No. <laughs> <laughs> must have been must have been some five foot nine white guys if you can't remember. <laughs> no, I was holding I was holding Ricky Hatton and Matthew Macklin's cock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just fucking threw up. Uh, <laughs> oh man! So is this really happening on September twenty fifth? Then you, you got to be careful what you believe coming from old Edward, you know. But this is apparently signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, it's going to be where at the uh, the Spurs pitch, the pitch at the Spurs Stadium, Ken. Oh, ta- oh, oh, in Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's right Tottenham Spurs right did I, I get it right I think you did I'm not, I'm and not I don't even fucking watch soccer though yeah, I'm not I'm not a kickball guy but that sounds right <laughs> you're not a kickball fan no I'm not, not, not a kickball guy but yeah more of a dodgeball guy. <laughs> <laughs> much better at dodgeball <laughs> this uh this is about all you can ask for in the heavyweight division. I mean, look, if the, if we weren't going to get AJ Fury and and the way things are shaking out, like I, I'm just hearing these fights get announced, and more and more of them being announced. Uh, you know, the the Lopez Loma rematch, AJ Usyk, and I'm going, am I going to get woken up from this from this dream? Because it sure seems like boxing got off its ass this year and decided to make some really good fights for whatever yeah. reason. Maybe it was because we're trying to we're trying to get some revenue coming in because of what happened uh during last year with COVID or whatever the case is. All I know is I could not be happier as a boxing fan cuz you look at the rest of the schedule and it's one, there's at least one to two top-notch matchups every month. Now going all the way up until September, October, November, and we still got guys where we're going to have fights being announced for. So it's just the schedule's been fucking loaded and loaded with good fights, man. I, I I'm just blown away. I like I don't know how to act really. I'm kind of like there's a lot of positivity here, Ken. I don't I'll do well <laughs> with positivity. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need turmoil. I need something to get me going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah, it does seem too good to be true. It does seem too easy, uh, especially coming from a man who seems so uncomfortable even entertaining the idea of a Joshua Usyk fight. Yeah. You know. Uh, but I'm not going to complain. No, sir. You know. Um, Nodito Donaire uh, versus Casimero. He was stepping into this fight for Rigo. But Casimero said that, well, let's just say this. Nonito Donaire and those that take what Nonito says and put out as news um, are claiming that Casimero refuses to do drug testing for this fight. Hmm. Well, let's say you, Vin. Well, Casimero and his team say otherwise, Ken. Who do you believe? You know, who who do we believe in this situation? Are, you, are we to believe the guy that... Uh, has pretty much been at the forefront of, of drug testing in the sport of boxing from the beginning in Donito Donaire? Or do we believe a guy in Jean-Riel Casimero who's had a bit of a checkered past? Uh, I don't know. All of this back and forth between, you know, yeah, Sean Gibbons <laughs> saying that the Donaires are fucking swingers. 
<laughs> you got Rachel Donaire just throwing Gibbons under the bus for being just, you know, a guy that's been involved in boxing and has done some scummy shit. I mean, top ranks offices at one point were raided for max fi- uh, match fixing because of Mr. Sean Gibbons back in the day. So this guy's got a fucking past, man. I mean, it was just just watching all of it unravel and how it played out in social media. It's fucking hilarious. Millions of dollars on the line, right? And people are fucking just throwing personal jabs back and forth, calling each other swingers. And it's like, it's fucking entertainment. It was entertainment, I'll tell you that. What I did find funny was this morning, Vada tweets out, that both are enrolled in the testing in the program. And to me, it seems like at the last second, the fight was like, is it off? Is it on? Did they rescue it? It sounds like it's been rescued and is back on now, which is odd because at last night in the evening, it was, it was gone. It was Nonito Donaire's pulling out, you know, cause he's not signed up and now it's back. It's just wild. It's a wild fuck. Like that's boxing in a nutshell right there. Oh, I just think that the that the money that was talked about for a rematch with Inouye, um, dude, we're just we're talking about the you know the fucking like the cellar dwellers in top rank, right? What's going on with Tiafimo right now? What's going on with this fucking Nonito fight? You know, like, come on, guys, like seriously, stop, stop, stop with all of it. Just come out and go right to it. Hey, sorry for insulting your wife, but the reality is, I was. I was told to pull out of this. I was told that this isn't happening because he's going to make $3 million against Inouye. But instead, it gets all personal. People start calling each other swingers. It's like, and then we start talking about it. And then the next thing you know, everybody thinks it's real, right? <laughs> if so if they're both enrolled in Vada, then that's clearly not the case. I think a number was proposed to Team Donaire that they're like, what the fuck? We can get this to fight Inouye? And not have to fight. We can fight. Like we're at, we're at the end here. Like this is the end of the journey for us. Like there's no time to take. Uh, let's take four tough fights before that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like it's not working that way. Just just cut this, this. That should be the title of this episode. Is just trim the fat. Yeah. Let's just tr- trim the fat. It's okay. Rigo. Yeah. Who who th- whose idea was that anyway? <laughs> Get him the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> uh, I swear, man. Uh, I swear. That's how bad boxing in general, like the, like the overall talent landscape of boxing is when everybody in the sport that's a fan of the sport is doing everything that they can to absolutely destroy and tear down people like Gennady Golovkin, Manny Pacquiao, Nonito Donaire. You know what I mean? Oh, he ducking him, he ducking that, he doing this, he doing that. Oh, he's fighting Pacquiao, or he's just going to put Spence. It's like, you people just act like that these guys are 28 in their prime, and they're not fucking old men that are are, are, are looking to the future in their lives. Like, you expect these guys to fight until they're 50? So when, if Golovkin doesn't submit his, his retirement paperwork until he's 46, he's still ducking boo-boo then? <laughs> <laughs> oh well that came to the forefront ken why can't you though at at that age after a long arduous boxing career why aren't you allowed to call your own shots like why do you have to respond to a fucking 
just who's uh, fucking Demetrius Andrade? I've seen these motherfuckers, man. If you're reporting that the zone is having troubles right now with Gennady Golovkin because he ducking boo boo. That whole story and what surrounds that story and who released that story, uh, it's like, so what? I'm just, I'm just to, I'm just to believe that. Like, okay, he said it. That's fact. It's, there's no dispute here. Clearly, whoever his source was does not uh, have any interests in one side or the other of this uh, situation. It's like, I, you know, I don't know what to think of it. And quite frankly, I've said it before. If you are a guy like Demetrius Andrade, okay, or Jermall Charlo, and you are looking for that big name on your resume, and you are going after a guy that is going to be 40 years old, please realize that that, that notch on the belt ain't what it was three, four years ago. It's not what it was when he last fought Canelo. It's just not the same. There is... No, no fighters right now outside of Manny Pacquiao that operate in the space that Gennady Golovkin operates in. I, I'm not here to bitch about the guy because to me, his career is pretty, it's over. Like I witnessed what was Gennady Golovkin. Anything at this point is extra credit. Uh, we're lucky he's still fighting. If he wants to take a tough fight, take a tough fight. If he doesn't, I don't care. I'm not going to get upset one way or the other about it, because I know I've already seen the best of Golovkin. We are well past that now. If you want to try to, you know, achieve what you think you need to achieve as an opponent for him and, and somehow beating him puts you at this, at this next level. In my eyes, it doesn't, in my eyes, it does nothing. Like you're, you're beating an old man who is not what he was at his best. So you, well, here's the thing though, but, but, but it would be, it would be meaningful to somebody else, though. But why would it be meaningful to a 33-year-old who has literally his biggest fight of his career is Vonis Martirosian? Yeah. Like, why would that? Why would that have any meaning for him? It would totally have meaning for Canelo Alvarez <laughs> when it happened, right. right? When that happened, it had huge. But but if there was a fighter that that needed to be put over, the ship has sailed. You're not putting Demetrius Andrade over. If Andrade beats a 40-year-old Golovkin. That's all it is. It's just. It's, it's... He's going to go back to fucking losing to John Ryder. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, now, now we can get excited. Now I, now I know what Chris Mannix has been talking about all this time. Right? It's just now it's gonna start. Here's the beginning. It's just just now beginning. It's a new day for Demetrius Andre. His career starts now. <laughs> the, uh, His career's almost over. What it what it is more than anything to me is when you see these like this stuff come out, you gotta go. Demetrius Andre and his team are maybe the most desperate entity in the sport of boxing right now to get a big fight. So when you get desperate, you go to measures like that to throw stuff out into the media to make somebody look bad or to force a promotional company's hand or maybe get Gennady Golovkin to go, enough of this fucking guy. We're fighting him. I'll fight him now. I'm tired. I don't, I'm not going to let him sit here and talk the shit. You know, I, knowing all of that, how can you not at least question, like, where is this coming from? I, you know, 
this is not a shot at Ryan O'Hara, but it's Ryan O'Hara. Like he's a guy. Yeah, the guy was the guy was reading the weather for like a like a, a local Denver suburbs radio station a year ago. If the if the if the information has something to it, then and especially in boxing, how many times have we been given information where we've been told, no, no, that's Coppinger's story? Or like why? Because we're not journalists. And so I, why would they want us announcing it? Right. Like, where's that gonna go? <laughs> Like, who's going to run with that information, right? It's like... <laughs> Zero credibility. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not believing this right here. Sources. Okay. I mean... But that's all. I think any, all. any news any news that is true related to Andrade, Demetrius Andrade, trust me, there's no way it cannot be reported by Chris Mannix because Andrade's dick is in Chris Mannix's mouth. So for him... For that information to even be passed on, there has to be separation there. <laughs> there has to be, they have to disconnect the breach or the, the docking. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps that mouthpiece docked on, on Boo Boo's dick. <laughs> we are starting our approach. All aboard! And Mannix is like, no, this is a one-seat train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally believe all, you know, sources. <laughs> sources. Always. Here's a rumor. Oh. Here's a rumor that Team Andre's starting. <laughs> oh, all right, Ben, I've had enough. All right, brother. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. All right, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 320 of the Boxing Rant podcast. Uh, spread the word, patreon.com backslash boxing rant and follow us on twitter at vince cummings 81 and at kenny keith jr we'll see you next time on episode 321 of the boxing rant podcast but i'm the best ever my style is impetuous there's no one that can match me i'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been my defense is impregnable anybody can get it